Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up, everyone? Thanks for downloading episode 58 of the Membership Guys podcast. This is the show where we dispense proven practical tips and advice for membership site owners. And this episode is a very special one. I'm so excited for this. I've been looking forward to it for a long, long time because today I'm talking to none other than Amy Porterfield from amyporterfield.com, who is one of my absolute favorite people in the online business space. I love Amy. I love how much value she provides and how much she really puts in to helping other people to get their heads around this all online marketing world. If you're not familiar with Amy, if you haven't listened to her podcast in particular, I definitely recommend you check that out. Each of Amy's podcast episodes is almost like a mini course, a mini training in one episode. And I love just how much she packs in and how much value she delivers. So I was very excited to get the opportunity to speak to Amy on the topic of webinars. Now, I know that Amy uses webinars in a big way when it comes to promoting her products for her business. So I thought no one better to speak to about how we as membership site owners, as information product creators, could add webinars into the marketing mix. So this was a great conversation. Amy gave a lot of practical tips and advice and a lot of steps that you can go away and implement right away when it comes to figuring out, first of all, whether webinars are for you, how to fit them into your marketing activity, how to structure them, how to actually sell on a webinar, so much good stuff. I'm going to shut up now and let Amy get on with filling your brains with all this awesome value. So I'll jump in right now to my discussion with Amy Porterfield. All right, guys, we are here with Amy Porterfield from amyporterfield.com. Amy, thanks so much for joining us on the Membership Guys podcast. How the devil are you? Well, first of all, I love how you say my last name, that accent. It's just, you make me sound a little bit more important. I like it. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. I wanted to have you on the podcast for so long. I'm a big, big fan of your show, of your blog, and just the amount of value that you give. And uh, I know a lot of our audience are too. Now, obviously, one of those ways in which you give value and you dispense your knowledge and you you, you drive traffic to your business is through webinars, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Our listeners, they're running membership sites, they're selling courses, and they have so many different options for driving sales, driving traffic, driving interest to their product. With all these different avenues people can go down, how could our listeners kind of pick out and decide whether webinars are the right way to go, not just as an effective tactic, but also as something that would suit them their style, their personalities? Ooh, that's a good place to start. So I'll share with you a little bit about why I feel that webinars are so effective for my business. And some people I think can kind of relate to some of this. The first thing is that I really do believe that when people want to buy from you, they really want to first have that connection with you. They want to hear your voice. They maybe even want to see you on a webinar, but you don't have to do that. We'll get into that later. And they want to learn from you and know that they can know, like, and trust you. Marketing 101 kind of stuff. And with webinars, you really do get this huge opportunity 
to first give, give, give. You teach something incredibly valuable. Whether they buy from you or not on a webinar, they can walk away feeling like they've now been educated. They have a better understanding of whatever it is that you're teaching them. And they build a relationship with you because of that connection where you're teaching them, you're engaging with them. They get to ask you questions live on a webinar. And it's a platform that you just really don't get that opportunity anywhere else, I believe. And so the whole idea of teaching first and then going for the sale, all happening at one time within, let's say, an hour or 90 minutes, it's a really unique, cool way to sell your programs, products, or services. And so for me, that's why webinars are so valuable. Now, if you're kind of wondering, well, are webinars really for me? It comes down to if you can feel comfortable teaching, let's say just people hearing your audio and seeing your slide deck. And if you're comfortable delivering content in that way, sometimes people will throw on a video camera and they can see you. I actually don't even do that. It's all audio and slide decks, but also you want to be comfortable with selling as well in real time. Cause most webinars are live and you can do them automated. I'm sure we'll talk about that, yeah. but you have to be comfortable with the selling. Here's the thing though. No one's ever really comfortable with webinars until you do a few of them. It's just like anything in business. So it's okay if you're not good in the beginning. This is something you can definitely teach yourself to get really good at. It's important you mentioned there that mix of educating people, brand their value, but as well selling as a part of that. Now, I know some of our audience are kind of new to the online marketing space, so all of this stuff is is new territory for them but there are definitely some people in our communities who have been around online marketing for a while and maybe they've got a little bit jaded they've been on a few webinars they know that or they expect or they think when they sign up for a webinar that they're just waiting for the sell they're waiting yes. for the pitch and i think i've certainly been on webinars where the tone and the the style of the webinar goes from very friendly, very accessible, and then in an instant, it's like somebody else has entered the room to to yes. give you that hard sell. <laughs> how do you combat that? How do you plan around, uh, or how do you structure your webinar so that you don't have that jolt? And um, you know, even the most jaded mm-hmm. marketer is still enjoying it and doesn't even realize they're being sold to. The first thing you do is as the instructor on the webinar, you have to come to the table with a very different mindset. And I have this mantra that I tell myself every time I get on a live webinar and I teach my students and I say, steal this and use it as well. And mindset is, you know, 80% of what we do in building a business online. So it's important. So when I come up to a webinar and I'm ready to go live, I always tell myself, no matter if they buy or not, They walk away today feeling excited, inspired, and driven to take action, no matter if they buy or not. And just saying that out loud kind of puts me in this place of I'm there to serve. And so I know when I get on my webinar, the first 45 minutes are all about them and teaching them, uh, relating to them, meeting them where they're at, and genuinely teaching something that they can walk away with and know they have a better understanding. What I see in many webinars uh, is people teaching, but really selling throughout the entire webinar. So they kind of throw out a little nugget, but then somehow relate it back to something they have that you can buy. (laughs) And I never mention anything about buying anything from me at least 45 minutes in, not to trick them and all of a sudden say, bam, now I've got something to sell. 
But instead, I want to set the stage for an opportunity. This is what's in front of you. This is what it looks like. This is how you can be a part of it. But in a place of whether you buy my program or not, you walk away. Now you've got the knowledge. Now, the part where you sell, a lot of people either sell too much in a webinar, like throughout the entire thing, yeah. or when they get to the selling part, like you said, it's a whole different person. And to have compassion for those people, sometimes they get so nervous that their voice gets tight. They start talking really fast and they become just, you're right. They're no longer inviting and part of teaching, but they become this hard selling salesman, like um, car salesman kind of person. <laughs> so what I always say is that you need one to have a question in between the free content and what you're going to sell. And that question is something like, so can you imagine yourself doing X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you've just taught them, or imagine what it would feel like if you were doing whatever it is. And then from there, you want to tell them, I want to invite you to take the next step with me and go on this journey with me. If this is something you're excited about, let me show you how to do it now. Because when you're thinking of webinars, the content you're teaching is the opportunity, the what. What is it that is so important that they need to understand and know and feel? The how is how you're going to get them there. And that's your paid membership site, program, service, whatever it might be. So it's a what and a how, and it's a really easy transition into the how, into your paid membership site when you've set up the content in a way that it's the perfect next logical step for them to get results. So it really is a mindset game with you, the instructor, in order to have a really nice transition into the sale. And that's such a great, um, a great piece of advice, just that, that ease of transition. I remember when I was planning to do our very first webinar, we've done one webinar recorded. I wasn't brave enough to go live with it. We went, <laughs> we went straight to automated. And uh, I actually watched your webinar beforehand for inspiration, oh. as we do. And um, I kind of had expected that what we'd probably do is around about the 45-minute mark, uh, when the webinar was done, I'd cut at that point and put the first 45 minutes into our membership site for our members because that's where the value was. And then we cut out the sales element. But actually the transition and everything just kind of, it, it fit and was smooth because, you know, I'd, I'd paid attention to your good, webinar. Good student. <laughs> yeah, the, it, there wasn't the, okay, here's the value portion and here's the sales portion. So that yes. was great. Um, now I'm sure anyone who's listening and they are thinking about webinars, they want to know, how do you actually get people to sign up for these things? How do you get people yes. to register? What have you found to be the best tactics, the best strategies to get people to register and more importantly, actually turn up for your webinars? Okay. So I'm going to tell you about two strategies, one being totally free, one being paid. Um, but both of them are equally important and one takes a little bit longer than the other. So let's talk about the free strategies. And that's all about using social media. And if you've already built up an email list, you're reaching out to your email list. And I think that most people need a few different invites until they actually take the leap and sign up because there's so much noise in the online space. So it's important to um, talk about this a few different times, get in front of them a few different times before they actually take that leap and sign up. Now, what I'm seeing working really well right now are Facebook live video sessions. So Facebook live, you can go live on your Facebook page or in any of your groups 
and talking about really important content that would then lead into you saying, Hey, if you like this and you want more, I have a live webinar coming up. I'd love for you to join me. Or you don't even need to say live if it's automated. I've got this great webinar. Here's the link. You can go sign up. I'd love for you to dive in deeper with me. So doing free Facebook live sessions because the organic reach is so incredible right now, that's where it's at. Really any kind of video, whether you're doing video on Snapchat or Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, talking about content and then inviting them to a webinar tends to work really well. And that's really inexpensive because you're not having to pay for that traffic. Um, I say Facebook live because that's getting the most organic traffic right now. So that's what's working. Also, you definitely want to talk about it um, in your social media post. And what I like to do is create one epic blog post where I drive tons of traffic to it, whether it's free traffic or paid traffic. And in that epic blog post with a really great topic, I then have a link to sign up for one of my webinars. So it's like, if you like this content, you're going to love my free webinar. So let me give you an example. I have a course all about how to do webinars. And so I have an epic blog post about the myths of doing webinars because there's a lot of myths around. Do they really work anymore? And, and you know, are there only niche, certain niches that they work for? So I debunked all these myths in an epic blog post. And then in that blog post, I have a link to a webinar to learn how to do a webinar system. So I drive a lot of traffic to that blog post because people like content that's in front of an opt-in first. So get get their buy-in there. So that works really well. But what works extremely well and incredibly targeted are Facebook ads. And there's no way around it. If you want to fill up a webinar with quality people that are genuinely interested in the topic that you're going to be talking about, and they're likely to take action, you want to use Facebook ads and really good targeting for those Facebook ads. Every single day I'm driving traffic to automated webinars and I'm driving cold traffic through Facebook ads. And every day my return on investment is at least three times, if not more. So it really works when you find that perfect target market, cold audience, definitely, but still they can convert really well. So is that cold traffic to your epic content to the webinar or literally straight into the webinar? So I do both and I, I test both. And typically when you get somebody to go to an epic blog post first, and then you follow up with an email invite, even if, um, so sometimes on my epic blog post, I'll have a freebie. That's not an invite to the webinar. It might be like a cheat sheet checklist. And then whoever signs up for that, I follow up with an invite to the webinar. Those tend to do really well because they're a lot cheaper. Facebook charges you less to send traffic to a blog post versus straight to an opt-in page. Mm. So they're less expensive, but they both actually convert really well. When you have a really good Facebook ad and really good opt-in page for your webinar, you could go right from an ad to an opt-in page. So you want to experiment with both for sure. Now, it's interesting as well what you say about Facebook live video, because that, I mean, that has just blown up to insane levels right? in the past few months. It's crazy. Everybody's at it. <laughs> Are you finding that because it's video format, trying to lead people into video format, into video content. Are you finding that that's working better than uh, maybe just organic text and imagery posts were before Facebook Live really came along? 100%. Right. No, I definitely am finding that when you do Facebook Live sessions well, meaning I feel what I've learned is that 
let's say it's a 20 minute max video mm. and you are literally delivering really good, valuable content. You're seeding the fact that you have a webinar. So you might mention it one time as you're teaching something on the webinar or on the Facebook live session. And then at the end, you're making a very good pitch for, Hey, the next thing I want you to do is go sign up for this webinar. I feel like those work really well. And what we've done in the past is we've actually even turned those into Facebook ads yeah. and those convert well. So I recently did a quick video, Facebook live video that we turned into an ad to get people on an affiliate webinar I did and it worked like gangbusters. So I do feel like live video on Facebook is where it's at. Love it. I'm going to keep pushing you for this secret sauce here. And I want to talk about <laughs> making sure that your attendees stick around. Yes, that's a good one. This is long content. Typically, it's going to be, say, between at least 30 minutes and 90 minutes. It's longer than a blog post. It's longer than a typical YouTube video. How do you keep people interested? How do you hold their attention? Okay, so a few things. And there's like a real strategy behind this, so you got to take it seriously. So on average, about 20 to 25% of those who sign up for your webinar will actually show up live. And that number's low. It's, it's a bummer when you work so hard with your Facebook ads and your Facebook live sessions to get people to register for your webinar. And then you get on live and 20% actually show up. It's, it's a complete bummer. So one thing that I teach my students is how to get more people on live. We had 40% on live on average across five or six live webinars I did for my last launch. And one of the ways we did that is we wrote a really good pre-webinar onboarding sequence. And a pre-webinar onboarding sequence is a series of emails that you send out starting the minute someone registers to 10 minutes before you actually go live. So let's say there's five or six days in between when they register and when you go live, they're receiving at least four or five emails in between. And it might feel like a lot, but email marketing works when you tell the right story. And so in those emails, we talk about, uh, we, we remind them why they signed up and why whatever topic we're going to be speaking on is so important. We're going to tell stories, the benefits the you know, we're not talking about the product that we're going to sell at all. We're talking about the content we're going to teach. We also make a play for if you show up live, you're more engaged. You're more likely to take action. We've seen it so many times. So we make a play for it's important that you are there live. And also we might say, if you attend live, you get this extra special bonus. So we could stack the deck as well, but you've got to do work to get people on live. Just getting them to register is just not enough. So that's one thing. The other thing is that when people are on your webinar, the first thing I like to do is tell them that I've created an extra special bonus that I'm going to tell them about at the end. So if they stay until the very end, I'll tell them how they can get their hands on that. I call it a fast action bonus. And at the end, when you talk about your program, you can go two ways. One, you can give it to everybody that attended live, or you can say, when you sign up for my program, Today, while we're still on this webinar, you get this extra special bonus because you stayed until the end. So you'll talk about it at the end, but I always tease it at the beginning. One more thing I do is that I make sure that there's engagement baked into my webinar. So if I'm teaching something, I might have a slide, which reminds me to stop and take a breath for a minute and say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how certain are you about X, Y, Z? Or I just want you to type in yes or no to this question here. You want your audience in the comment section. You want them doing something. You've got to pull them back because they will be multitasking the yeah. whole time if you don't. 
Now, one more thing. Gosh, I'm giving away all my secrets. Give it to us, yeah. (laughs) One more thing is that when you do a webinar, you definitely want more slides than you think you need. So most people on their first webinar will show up with like 25 slides and they'll do a webinar for at least 60 minutes. If you're doing a 60-minute webinar, you need at least 80, if not 100 slides. That doesn't mean you need tons and tons of content. It means you need less content on each slide. So you're clicking through, boom, boom, boom. You're keeping their attention. You're keeping things going. You're keeping that energy high. So less on each slide, but more slides that you're clicking through, the better. So it's a bit, it, it's more like they are watching an actual video. It's a training session and not just death by PowerPoint. Yes, 10 minutes exactly. on. Yeah, 10 minutes on this bullet, 10 minutes on that bullet. Yeah. You will rarely see bullets in any of my webinars. In my trainings where people pay for my trainings, of course you'll see bullets because mm, I'm teaching. Yeah. But on a webinar, instead of five bullets, you've got five slides. Definitely. And I think what you mentioned um, kind of at the start of that about 25% roughly being being the norm unless you're actually putting stuff into place to make sure people show up and make sure people stick around and all of that. I think the expectations there, I think maybe people are a little too harsh on themselves or, or expect too much and maybe don't realize if you get 55, you know, 45, 55% of people showing up, that's that's a good thing. Yes, exactly. It's so true. Definitely. And um, yeah, I, I blatantly stole, oh, stole, it was part of the webinar that I watched <laughs> of yours of keeping that bonus to the end. You know, we've got this special thing if you hang around to the end. It's it's so powerful, definitely. And it's done with full integrity because you do include it, but you tease it at the beginning. Definitely. And I think, you know, if it's actually relevant to your material, it makes more sense to introduce it at a point where there's context to it. Yes, so true. That's cool. Now, we've talked about automated webinars and live webinars. The webinar that we did on the back of of attending uh, your session is fully automated. But this seems to be an area that divides people, whether you should do automated webinars. And it's not just webinars, any sort of automation. There's still that, uh, that crowd of people who are very much against anything that doesn't involve you sat real time behind your computer typing out responses and and interacting. Yes, so true. Yeah, what's your stance on it? Is one more effective than the other or is there a way you should be using them in tandem? Okay, so I have a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit, but I think it will be um, painless. You had joked that you went right to automation Mm. and you just didn't want to do the live webinar. Tell me just really briefly, like in your heart of hearts, when you think about why you didn't do the live webinar first, why was that? Two things. One, speed of execution, just to get it out there. And another, because it was kind of a step into the unknown. Yes. And so there was yes. that little element of fear, if I'm honest, as yeah. to, if I spend all this time and put all this effort getting people to the webinar and it comes to nothing. Right. Then, it's yeah. it's daunting. Definitely. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was hoping you'd say that one. <laughs> A lot of the times people don't start with live because of the fear of the unknown. The mm. technology might break down, which I've totally been there. Or um, what if nobody shows up? Or what if I completely mess up and there's no way to fix that because people are there live? There's a lot of scary things that happen with live webinars. However, the power of a live webinar and what it can do for your business, what it can do for your confidence, and the rate at which it can convert usually can kind of squash some of that fear when when you really are encouraged to do it live, which I encourage my students in my program to start. 
start out live. And here's yeah. why. When you're on a live webinar, there's just something magical about it. And although it could be the exact same content, you are, of course, delivering automated. People ask the first thing, are we live? Are you yeah. guys live here? And uh, although I'm like, what does it matter? I'm still going to deliver the same content. It matters to people. And so what I have found is that my live webinars always convert better than my automated webinars. Now, sometimes by maybe just one or 2%. So believe me, I've got three webinars on automation right now, and I run ads to them every day. So I'm a huge believer, but here's what I do recommend. When you want to do a webinar, I want you to start with a live webinar and I want you to do two, three, four live webinars even if you have five, six people actually show up for them because you've got to figure out what's going to convert. And when you do a webinar, you always want to tweak it after the first one. There's, mm -hmm. there's no way around it. You see what didn't go. You see where you can make it better. So doing five, four or five live webinars first, finding one that's going to really connect with your audience. You know it converts because you've tried it live. And then putting that on automation, you can be sure that whatever is on automation is going to work for you. So I really do believe just working out the kinks is important. That happens on live. Getting a little buzz around your program, product, service, membership site, that happens more so on a live one. And being able to engage with people, like you said, in the live Q&A, there's something magical about that. It just doesn't happen on automation. Now, um, for years, we actually did automated webinars. And when people ask questions, unfortunately, I wasn't there to answer them in their chat, which yeah. kind of kills me. But it happens. It, it still converts for the record. But recently, we've been working on kind of something on the back end where something pops up on my assistant screen that says, hey, you just got a question. And it, no matter what she's working on, she could jump over there. It's all custom and we haven't really figured it out. But I do think that hopefully the technology will catch up with us that that's going to happen for all those platforms that are automated yeah. because I think it's important. But yeah, I think that live webinars are more powerful, although I use both. And I think the funny thing is as well, like ourselves, myself, my partner, as well as a lot of people in our community running memberships, we do live member calls and live Q and A's and live training webinars without batting an eyelid. But I think there's some something different when it comes to essentially doing the same thing, you're teaching, but there's the sales element to it as well. I exactly. think that changes the the picture a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good gauntlet to throw down for people to do those live webinars first before moving into automation. Yes, definitely. Although I have to say, with my when we first load up the automated webinar, we use um, EverWebinar from the uh, Webinar Jam guys. The first webinar that we loaded up, automated, I watched the stats, as you do, obsessively. Yes. And the first person registered, and they showed up, and I kept refreshing every 15 minutes in between doing <laughs> other stuff. They watched to the end, they clicked through, they joined on an, uh, annual, an annual membership. So I'm, Oh, that had to have felt amazing. Yeah, but I'm sitting there thinking, wow, 100% show up rate, 100% watch rate, 100% conversion. <laughs> The next person registered, I'm like, okay, here's another annual sign-up. And I think it was after five or six where I thought, okay, maybe. Maybe it's not going to be 100% conversion <laughs> right across the board. We're still thinking, though. <laughs> I think we all have been in that place. Yeah. Like, whoa, I'm going to be a millionaire in a few days. <laughs> yeah, so we've all been there. Definitely, definitely. So we've obviously focused on the sales element of webinars and the fact that ultimately, yes, you're there to serve. Yes, you're there to deliver value. But for your business, unless you're just hugely benevolent, 
there needs to be something to sell. Now, I certainly see webinars as something that are potentially massively advantageous for selling courses, coaching, high-ticket products or services, because then you can use scarcity, then you can use offers, bonuses, and really bring all that in. With a membership site where the options are maybe a little more limited because you're dealing with lower price point, you don't want to be giving a 50% discount on your membership rate when you've got 500 members paying full price and so on. Maybe you can't create bonuses because everything you create goes into your membership. With products like that where there's not as much room to play with in terms of discounts, in terms of offers, are there ways you can still implement scarcity or do you not need to have scarcity? Do you not need to have a big headline attraction bonus in your webinar for it to be effective? I do believe that all webinars have to have some form of urgency or scarcity baked in in order for people to actually take action. With so much noise online today and a lot of people do webinars, so it's not like our audiences are brand new to the concept. Like you said, they're kind of waiting for the sale. People get on my webinars, they know what's gonna come. And so I need to give them a reason to take action. So as you mentioned, bonuses might not be the way to go for those with membership sites, but I do believe that bonuses that are going away are probably the best way to do some kind of scarcity or a trial price for a membership site. So a certain amount of time, that is something that I know a lot of people do, but there needs to be a way to create that I've got to buy quickly or I'm going to miss out yeah. or people just really aren't going to take that next step to do so. Right. So yeah, I think, I mean, things like trials, if you don't ordinarily offer a trial, I suppose on your membership, you could make it so that the only trial available for your membership comes on the back of your, your webinar. It's true. And what were you saying about bonuses might not work? Why was that? I think it, depending on your, your actual membership model, so um, some membership models will have a, a, a situation where basically every piece of content, every um, course, every download, every tool, every bit of software goes into the membership. It's kind of a you basically get everything that is created by these membership owners. Gotcha. So that kind of, I think, leaves a little bit less room because if you kind of say, well, here's this awesome piece of content, then you've probably got a, a bunch of your members will be saying, well, we should be getting that. Oh, gotcha. So sometimes you have to be careful with that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, I think what you said there that, you know, having something that is going away, um, maybe just requires membership site owners to be that little bit more creative. I know that some memberships have like joining fees. And yes. They only have joining fees. So they can offer to remove those as a bonus. Yes. I, I do believe something special needs to happen. Now, you know, um, Deadline Funnel is a tool that we actually don't use personally in our business, although I've seen so many of my peers use it. And basically, it allows you to put a deadline for everybody that enters into your funnel, and it could incorporate with webinars. And the whole concept is everybody's on their own deadline for when they need to take action. And then if they don't take action and they click a link in, let's say, a follow-up email after a webinar that link won't go to those special bonuses or that special pricing anymore because right. people have missed out. And I like that concept. I like that everybody has their own deadline depending on when they came into your funnel. So it might be something worth looking into. Yeah, definitely. And that was, I think, going to address one of my follow-up questions there of how when you've got these timely bonuses and offers, how do you incorporate that into automated webinars? But something like deadline funnel, Sounds like it'll actually be ideal for that kind of thing. Yes, 100%. I think it's one of the best tools to do something like that. Awesome. So staying with sales, 
Yes. When it comes to conversions, and and we've mentioned urgency and scarcity, what would you say are your top tips for creating a webinar that actually converts rather than someone watching it and thinking, well, that was awesome. I got so much great information. Now I'm going to go away and do something else. How do you get your, your webinar attendees to convert? Such a great question. So one of the things that I do to make sure that those who are on a webinar that are genuinely interested in the program that I'm selling, well, let's back up a little. It starts with making sure that you have amazing content from the get-go that people aren't feeling like you're selling them throughout the entire webinar, that they're actually learning whatever it is you promised them that you would teach them. So that right there builds trust up until the point that I'm ready to sell in a webinar. And now that I've actually delivered on what I said I would, they can relax a little bit. They know I'm true to my word, which is uh, makes someone more likely to want to trust me when they're going to decide to buy from me. So that's a factor that truly is alive and well and important. So something to think about. But once you get into the selling portion of a webinar, a lot of people speed right through it and they're nervous to sell. So, and they don't want to take up someone's too much of someone's time. And so it feels indulgent to try to sell your product to someone online. And so they speed through it. And what I say is that you want to spend a good 15, 20 minutes on the selling portion. And, and that could include some Q and a, but you want to at least talk about your program for a good 10 minutes and tie it back to what they just learned. So here's a little trick that works really, really well on a webinar. I usually teach basically steps. So because my courses, and this might just relate to some people depending on what they sell, but because the stuff I teach is usually in steps or phases. In a webinar, I'll reveal what those steps or phases are. And then when I sell my program, I can say, okay, you already know what's in this program because I walked you through the five phases of how to do X, Y, Z. So now inside the program, I'm going to show you step-by-step exactly how to do it. So let me show you what the modules look like. Module one is phase one, module two, phase two. So they're familiar with the content already, but you need to walk them through the main components. And here's what really helps. You take snapshots, you show them behind the scenes, you let them know exactly what they're going to get. And what I love to do when I sell is I tell them what they're going to get, like 10 training videos, five cheat sheets, whatever it might be. And then I say, here's what you're going to create. And I talk about the results that they can create based on what they're getting in the program because you want to kind of marry the two. Mm. So I spend some quality time selling because the people that are listening are those that are genuinely interested. If they're going to hop off, that's because they don't want to buy. Yeah. And then here's one more thing that helps you sell doing a really good Q and a, and you can record that Q and a, and then put it on automation. So it can be part of the automation, but that Q and a, you want to show up saying, okay, if you have any questions, go ahead and type them into the comment section, but then you come prepared with two or three questions. You're going to start out with this allows you to have a little time. If people are taking forever to post their questions, or if you have a small group and there's not going to be a lot of questions, you can come up with the questions they should be asking you to help decide if this program is right for them or not. So that usually eases some of the stress, but also what you're doing there is you're tackling the objections to why they might think they shouldn't buy right now. So the Q&A is a huge selling component when you do it right. Great. I'm just scribbling away notes for our own webinar here. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just a nice side effect that our listeners get this. I'm fine. just getting my tips for our own. Awesome. Stuff. I love it. <laughs> well, you mentioned about, um, you know, obviously if your, your content has gone through 
X amount of steps and then you map those steps to elements of your course or your product. Do you kind of start when you're planning out your webinar? Do you start with that product and then work backwards to do that that mapping? Or does it just all come about because you've been you know, head down in that topic and it just fits in naturally? Or is it deliberate? We know that this product consists of eight modules. Let's work backwards from there to structure the webinar. Oh, that's a great question. So I typically have a good sense as to what the product is and what it's going to look like. And then, yeah, once I... I might not have the product recorded and done. I typically never do before I start thinking about the webinar. But what I will say is I actually do have the whole product recorded when I sit down and actually build out my slides. So I think about my webinar for weeks before I actually sit down and do it. But it makes a huge difference. This does not always work. I've not always been able to do this. Mm. But in the last few years, I finish the product completely. I look at it and think, okay, How can I teach some content from this product in a way that would be really valuable without giving it all away? So because you always want a really strong alignment between what you're teaching and what you're selling. So yeah, to answer your question, this is long-winded. If you can have the product done, that can help you go backwards in terms of how to teach to lead to that. And that's so valuable as well, because that's going to apply to membership sites for people who have either one big epic course as part of this site or several different courses just to segment off part of that and then work backwards and that presumably will work for coaching programs for traditional courses for pretty much anything yes totally agree with that we're kind of almost going through the structure and the process of a webinar and ending now with um, replays i yes. think that's something that is maybe easy to slip through the cracks and i know when we get questions in uh, from our webinar where people can just send an email in during the webinar most of the time it's will there be a replay of this webinar oh yeah how important is that replay should you be offering it to people who don't show up to people who maybe disappear halfway through do Mm -hmm. you do you give them an extra bonus to kind of because they they're harder to get in or do you remove the bonus because they should have turned up live Okay. So great question here. I believe that the replay is incredibly important. Now I've tried it both ways because part of me wants to say, listen, there's going to be no replay. So if you're interested, if you genuinely want to learn this, you've got to show up live. But when I did that, too many people were frustrated, especially because I have a global business. So the time differences alone were extremely frustrating to people, but also everyone's got a busy life. So it doesn't mean if they don't show up live that they're not genuinely interested. So for me, webinars are 100% a must, or I'd be leaving tons of money on the table. So what I do is the very next day, I follow up with an email with a link to the replay. But here's some things you need to know. You need to put a timeline on that replay, whether they get the next four or five, seven days to watch it. There should be a timer on the page with the replay. I use lead pages so you can do a webinar replay with a timer going and a big link below that people can click and go buy your program. So I love the lead pages templates for replays. And so that alone will get people to take action. You give them a deadline as to when they can watch the replay. The second thing is when they watch my replay, they know they've missed out on my fast action bonus. Because I say, if you buy while you're he- while we're here live, you get this extra special bonus. But with my programs, I always offer more bonuses. So they're not going to lose out on all the bonuses. So if you are thinking, okay, 
I'm looking at my overall strategy. I want to do a fast action bonus on my webinar. You also want to offer something that everybody gets no matter when they buy, if it's a little extra. So people don't have the total feeling of I missed out. Why would I buy now? Yeah. You want to be careful of that. So, um, I definitely keep some bonuses in there for everybody until the cart closes. And um, I think a replay is a must. Excellent. I love that. And of course, that just means if they then don't buy for whatever reason, they know next time they check out your webinar live yes, that they're going to miss out. So Great point. That's awesome. Now, I'm expecting a lot of our listeners to be planning out their next webinars and rolling that out. But before they do, they need to check out your webinar on webinars and more awesome advice from you. Where can they find out more about webinars from you, more about you and how to do it all properly? Well, thank you so much for asking. If you go to amyporterfield.com, right across the top of my website, I have a link that you can check out my webinar on webinars. So I appreciate you asking. Excellent. And I would definitely, definitely recommend that as well because, uh, yeah, we modeled pretty much the whole structure of our own webinar on that and it made it all easy. If we'd just been that little bit braver and done it live, who knows? We'll have to do that now. <laughs> Next <laughs> the, time. The challenge is set. Amy, thank you so much. Um, so much value there for our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thanks again to Amy for taking the time to talk all things webinar with me. You know, I've got to admit, I was a little bit nervous talking to Amy. Amy's kind of been top of my list of people I wanted to have here on the podcast. And because I'm such a big fan of what she does, and I very much admire how much she puts into delivering value to her community, I've got to say I was a little bit nervous going into the interview but there was no reason to be Amy is such a pleasure to talk to and hopefully you guys got as much out of that interview as we did personally I certainly know we'll be implementing a lot of what Amy talked about in terms of using webinars to promote our membership and membersiteacademy.com that's it for me from another week thank you so much for tuning in for checking out the show as always please 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 give me a shout on twitter at membership guys let me know what you thought let me um, have any feedback any follow-up questions you've got be sure to tweet amy as well at amy porterfield and visit her website at amyporterfield.com let her know what you thought of the show as well i'll be back again very soon with another installment of the membership guys podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode of the membership guys podcast we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com the Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.